and conversations with colleagues. The program is sponsored by the ABA Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division. I'm Katherine Mickelson. Today, we have with us Pauline Weaver. Pauline currently serves as chair of the Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division, and she is a former deputy public defender for Alameda County in California. Welcome, Pauline. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Pauline, tell us generally what public defenders do for those that are maybe unfamiliar. Sure. Uh, Public defenders uh, represent people charged with crimes who can't afford private counsel. Uh, Generally, this involves all misdemeanors, which are charges that carry less than a year in jail, and all felonies, uh, which is a charge that carries over a year in state prison. But some jurisdictions do have minimum uh, uh, requirements so that, for example, if you're charged with uh, some minor offense that only carries up to 90 days in jail, you may not be entitled to a public defender. Were you in court every day when you were in practice? I was in court most of the time. Uh, the only time when I wasn't in court uh, was on if I was on a special assignment, like the mental health unit, which requires visiting mental health facilities and uh, visiting the clients in their facility. Or, or, for example, if I was on trial staff, which meant that there was some time out of court for prepar- uh, preparation or other work. There's a lot of talk about how public defender offices are underfunded and lawyers have these massive caseloads. What was the experience in your county? Uh, Generally, I think my county was probably better than most, but that's not to say it was great. Uh, Depending on the area of the country, there's a real antagonism towards the defense system and a real reluctance to fully and adequately fund the resources. Um, We had some areas that could be improved, but generally, Alameda County was doing a lot better than many areas of the country. Um, There were days when I walked into court with a lot of files, but those tended to be a calendar assignment where you get a lot of files anyway because they're cases that are on for routine sort of case management issues. So how serious is the problem of underfunding in public defender offices? Uh, I think it's very serious. Uh, the, uh, the American Bar Association has guidelines for criminal defense um, practice, and these include a, a maximum number of cases that any one person should be responsible for, depending on whether it's a felony or a misdemeanor. Um, and there are many offices that exceed the maximums. Uh, New Orleans is a prime example. I think that's been pretty well covered in the press. But it's not the only office in the country that's running on fumes. Uh, many state legislatures and county governments seem to forget that there are really three branches of government, and they all have to be adequately funded, no matter how you feel about what they do. Also, many DA's offices have access to specific grants to find positions or resources, say, for example, um, to cover DNA cases or sexual exploitation cases. But those grants don't generally include money for the defense side so that you end up with an imbalance. Do you feel like you had adequate time and resources to fully represent your clients? Generally, yes. There were certainly times that were more stressful than others. If you're involved in a in a particularly difficult case, if you are, um, you know, there are times when the the numbers of cases that you're responsible for uh, tend to go up. 
but uh, generally, um, over the course of my career in the office, I'd say yes. Um, that's not true for all offices, however. Now, when you became deputy of the office, what sort of additional duties did you take on? Well, there are lots of additional duties. It's, you know, so you, you sort of get into the paperwork stuff um, and supervision and running an office and all of those things that it entails. Um, and it does tend to take you away from the trying of cases so that those who have the most experience in the office uh, may not have tried cases in a while. Um, also, it can mean handling uh, cases with more at stake, like those involving the death penalty or more complex felony cases. Turning now to um, client interaction, what feedback from a client did you receive that was helpful? Well, I always tried to keep the client involved in the case. Um, when you start trial, um, I like to give the client a pencil and paper so that they can take notes because it's very difficult to talk to a client when you're trying to to talk to jurors or talk to the judge or you're arguing points of law. And then I'd consult them on jury selection or what questions to ask witnesses. Um, if their suggestions are inappropriate for whatever reason, I'll explain why so they may not why they might not fit within the legal rules. Um, many clients have great instincts about jurors, so it helps to listen and and make them uh, feel that they're truly a part of the proceeding. The best feedback that I ever got from a client was that I did my best. I think that's all you can ask. Oh, I'm sure that was really gratifying, actually. It was very much. What was the best thing about your job? I think the best thing about the job was the camaraderie of the office. Uh, you are uh, sharing an office with a group of people with whom you could completely let down your hair. You, ha you could bounce theories off of them. You could talk to them about facts, get some advice on trying cases or what points of law to argue. And there were certainly people in the office who were much smarter than I was. So uh, it was nice to have them to talk to about the cases. Uh, some of my closest and my most valuable friendships were formed in the office. For law students who might be listening, what type of law school classes would you recommend to law students who are interested in this area of the law? Uh, I'd say anything to do with criminal law and juvenile law. Um, a lot of people ignore the juvenile si uh, side of things, and, and doing uh, juvenile defense is a critical part of any public defender's office. So familiarizing yourself with juvenile law is really important. Um, the other thing I'd say is that, is that if a school has a clinical program, whether it's civil or criminal, do that because it helps to make you more comfortable in a courtroom setting and helps dealing with clients. A moot court program is also a great training ground. Uh, as a public defender, you might not do a lot of legal writing, but those skills are really helpful in forming logical arguments. So any of those programs, I'd say, would be an advantage. You've been very involved in the ABA, your county bar, and your state bar, serving on many different committees. How has this involvement bolstered your practice? Well, you know, my philosophy was that you should get out into the community so that people don't think you have two horns and a tail. Um, so mm -hmm. many public defenders don't get involved outside the office, and I think it's a mistake. The more people in the community see us, um, and see us in professional settings, the more likely that they'll appreciate and understand the job. 
and I view every contact as a as a kind of teaching opportunity um, and try to use it to the fullest. Uh, the ABA has exposed me to other areas of the law which I don't see in my daily practice. I have nothing to do with the civil side of things at all, so it's been a great place for me to learn about the civil side of, of the law. It's given me a broader appreciation for the profession and professional issues. Um, I've been involved with the ABA since law school, and I have many close friends from those early days. So I think the ABA has been a critical part of, of my practice um, and and my involvement. Tell us something no one knows about you. Um, not a lot of people know that I was born in England and moved to the United States in 1960 with my family. Um, we didn't have uh, very many connections in the States, but I think my family saw lots of opportunities for their two daughters, and they were right. It's been a, it's been a wonderful opportunity for my sister and I. My sister is also a lawyer. Um, and uh, we've really made wonderful lives here. The other part is that I love to travel. Um, I've been to 130 countries so far. Wow. Uh, and I think that's something that people really don't know about me. That's impressive. Well, it's a lot of fun, let me tell you. It makes you humble and appreciative. Yes, absolutely. Why did you decide way back when that government practice was a good fit for you? Well, I've never had the desire to open up my own practice. I never wanted the challenges that that brings, um, hiring and firing, billing clients, building a law practice. All I wanted to do was to try cases and represent clients. And so a government practice was the best for me because I don't have to worry about those other kind of more mundane activities of a private office. Um, I didn't get to choose my clients or the cases, but it was a good trade-off. Um, you take the cases that you're given, you take the clients that you're given, but I don't have to worry about any of those other things. Right. Tell us one thing that you do to relax. Uh, I love reading, um, and I'm in a book group, and so that is one thing that's really important on my list of things to do. Um, a lot of the things that I've read have ended up in final arguments. You get lots of ideas from reading, um, and it's a it's a way to occupy my time when I'm traveling as well, especially on long plane flights. If you were not a lawyer, what would you be doing instead? When I was early on, uh, I always thought I wanted to be a truck driver or a bus driver. Well, that sort of went by the wayside pretty quickly. Um, but when I was in college, I thought of becoming a flight attendant. Um, and I think I probably would have been a flight attendant if, if I hadn't been a lawyer. Well, that's all the time that we have today. Thank you, Pauline, for your time today. And thank you to all of our listeners out there. If you'd like to learn more information about the ABA Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division, visit www.governmentlawyer.org.